It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's the Sports, sports Rush, Rush with Brett Rook. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. You are Ah, yes, here we go into the weekend. It's Friday, your daily sports fix here from four to six. Two days away from Santa coming down the chimney, so let's make sure we get the man in red up to date on all the happenings in the sports world alongside my producer, Adam Lundy. I am the coach, Shannon Griffith. Today, we're going to talk some Pacers, comments, disappointing loss last night in Iowa, Purdue, Notre Dame, and a jam-packed Friday. And like I said, the Purdue Boilers, the number one ranked team in the country last night, took on the Jacksonville Dolphins and, and do what good teams do, Adam. And that is after you beat and come off a win against the number one team in the country at the time, Arizona, you don't give any hope to a Jacksonville team. And Mr. Edie, 18 points, eight rebounds in the 100 to 57 win last night in Mackey. But some of the big story in this is the transfer they got from SIU, this Lance Jones, who's pitched, pitched in eight, uh, 16 last night. And he's kind of their fifth guy off the bench. And I've been impressed with him. I know that it's something that Purdue, I think, needed uh, to really complement their first, you know, first five guys and being that sixth man off the bench. Then, you know, he they don't lose any scoring ability. No, exactly. You said it. That was one of the pieces that I also thought that Purdue's offense was missing. Uh, these guards that can, uh, you know, be physical and, and drive to the basket. So you're not always depending on a kick out three from Zach Eady mm-hmm. if you're a guard. Uh, Lance Jones, six of 11 last night, two for two from the line, 16 points, like you said. Uh, yeah, very impressive uh, night. Very good win for the Purdue Boilermakers over uh, Jacksonville. Uh they had four players and double figures for the Purdue Boilermakers. And then a lot of the other guys just kind of chipped in whatever yeah, they needed yeah. to do. And that is kind of the exact opposite of when we were talking the other day to Zach Osterman about IU's mm-hmm. uh, one-point win against Moorhead State. They came off a tough game against Kansas that they yeah. lost in the final eight, nine minutes. And they come back against the Moorhead State team. And they gave them a chance and gave them hope. And when you do that, you see what you're in. You're in a dogfight. Mm -hmm. You're in a game that you're playing the full 40. And, you know, every shot becomes critical. Right. Where last night, they just... Oh, they didn't allow it. I mean, Purdue's defense in the first half only allowed Jacksonville to score 27 points while they scored 45 themselves. So Jacksonville goes into the half already down 18 points, and then, you know, they're not going to come back from that against someone like Purdue. So, yeah, really just handling business there for the Boilermakers last night at uh, Mackey. 
And, you know, I think we all have a little bit of an attachment to Purdue with Caleb First Mm -hmm. and uh, Fletcher Lawyer uh, being a part of that program and being, in some respects, a vital uh, part of that program. Um, You know, you're kind of glued to the TV just because of those hometown kids. You're wanting for, you know, wanting them to have success. And I've always been a Matt Painter fan. Um, you know, when I was down at Ball State, you know, he was a, you know, from Delta High School right mm-hmm. there in Delaware County. And he was, you know, the favorite son that came out of Delaware ta- uh, County at the time. And he's done such a good job. I know there are fans that at times have been frustrated from the standpoint Purdue has a really great <clears throat> Big Ten season, and then they get to the tournament and they falter and they don't, you know, it doesn't jive with what they did during the season. But I do think out, you know, thus far with with the exception of the OT loss at Northwestern, which is not an easy place to go play. I mean, should they have should they have won that ball game? Yes. I mean, talent for talent, they have a better team, but. Going to Northwestern and playing there is a tough place to go play. And um, you can't uh, overly get bogged down with that one uh, road loss. But what I like about Painter when it comes to Zach Eadie, Eadie gets fouled every time he goes up, it appears, <laughs> in the paint. We've heard that, yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. But you don't see Painter come just, uh, you know, every time trying to work the officials and complain about this call or that call against the big man. Um, I appreciate that, even though at times I'm sure he's as frustrated as the kid gets because (laughs) (laughs) there's like two set of rules for him. And he gets hammered sometimes when he's in the, in the, in the lane for a layup or off a rebound. Absolutely. He's just, he's huge. And, and sometimes what, what you got to do is you got to try and grab him a little bit. But credit to him when he did get the foul calls, uh, he went eight of eight for the line yeah. last night. So that's also huge for Mr. Eating. Well, and that's what makes him a special player. Yep. Hit right? your free throws when you right. get fouled as right. a big man. You can be one of the best. Right. Exactly. And uh, that's only going to make his value that much more. But we're going to talk to Sam Keen mm-hmm. a little bit later on uh, from the Lafayette Journal Courier. Uh, as he is, Sam is the beat writer over there for Purdue. So we'll get his insight la- on on the Boilers and their signing class that Coach Walters put together. We'll have a chance to pick Sam's brain about that. Hoosiers last night pick up a W against Northern Alabama. Now they played a little bit more convicted. Didn't really give North Alabama too much of anything last night in their 83 to 66 win. Uh, Renew mm-hmm. had a career high last night, 25 points, four for four from the three-point range. He's not, a, you know, one of those guys that's a three-point guy, but, you know, I, I, I love that kid. I think he's a, I think he's a heck of a ball player. Um, and I just like the way he carries himself on the court. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, good win for Indiana, hitting, handling business over a mid-major North Alabama. And uh, we've talked about Indiana and their three-point shooting a lot so far this season. Uh, they finally fell uh, last night for the Hoosiers. They had been averaging around three to four three-pointers made per game last night. They go 12 of 24 from the behind the arc for 50% yeah. from the line. So 
um, not the line, but 50% from three. So yeah. that's very impressive shooting, and that's what I think we need to see more of from the Indiana Hoosiers. If you know, Indiana is not going to win these games if they just come in and score yeah. 50, 60, 70 points. I mean, they got to get closer to those 70s. Well, and you know, last night they also got 27. Uh, let's see. I'm sorry. Uh, Galloway had eight last night. McKenzie. How do you want to pronounce that? Mbako. 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 Yep. He had 12 last night and, you know, not too bad uh, from the foul line, which he's done pretty consistently right now. But last night, they were 53% from the floor, 50% like you said from right. three-point land. The one thing they got to clear up is foul shots because mm-hmm. last night they were only 64%. And, you know, you got to be better than that at, at, the, at the free throw line. Uh, and they will be. I mean, it's you know, it's one of those times. But go, what are you going to say there? I was just going to say, yeah, you mentioned I'd like to see uh, Kalel Ware. He only went to the line for one shot, but he did miss it. I'd like to see him miss, making his free throws on the mm-hmm. season uh, since he's the big guy for them. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, good shooting sometimes other than the he, line. Sometimes he, in my opinion, takes some bad looks and bad shots mm-hmm. where he needs to kick the ball. But. You know, that's a youngin for you uh, at times. But they did what they needed to do. Absolutely. Got to recognize uh, Renew's uh, career night last night again. 25 points, 4 for 4 from the 3. And uh, the Hoosiers win 83-66 to over North Alabama. Uh, they're going to get a little bit, bit of a break. I think uh, Purdue comes back on the 23rd, if I'm not mistaken, with a home game. Uh, but we'll talk to Sam about that when we get a chance for it. Hey, real quick, go for it. We're gonna get to your oh yeah uh, sport headlines today. But what were you gonna say something in reference to the game? Yeah, I was just gonna let you know. Uh, Purdue's next game is actually the 29th against okay. Eastern Kentucky. Okay, 29th. I got Pacers are the 23rd. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. was getting that mixed up. Um, but uh, a little bit of a kind of a non-story. I don't know if you follow. Social media to the extent Instagram, X, Facebook, you know, reels, all that good stuff. But um, I follow a dog that is a golden doodle. I have a golden doodle. Her name's Willow. <laughs> Probably listening to me right now. Shout but, out to Willow. Shout out to Willow. But there's a gentleman that has a golden doodle by the name of Brody. He's actually more of a service animal for him. No, no, those that's getting into the particulars with that. But anyway, uh, Brody made one point five million <laughs> last year in what I would call NIL deals. Um, one point five. And the owner of Brody had to make a choice when his boss called him in on his office and his job that was making about 65 to 75,000 and he was kind of tired of the 9 to 5 boss said either you're you're all in or you're all out with with Brody and he chose Brody right choice for the big man he won a dance contest last night at the Lakers ball game uh in the arena makes 1.5 million he's got an endorsement deal with Hilton wow now i mean and so they went up to Toronto on vacation, him, his owner, and Brody. And I tell you, it's crazy, but I'm sure they stayed free. And I'm sure Brody had a nice welcoming gift <laughs> from his uh, endorsements for Hilton. But I thought that was a little interesting story because I'm a dog person, may and may not. But uh, 
You know, don't forget the Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. Yeah, we could open it up. Do you have a favorite uh, social media pet, uh, like a favorite social media's uh, Instagram or pet page? Do you, oh. have, do you have a favorite famous pet? Send that into 46862. Shannon can take a look at those pages during the commercial breaks. I'm Team Brody. Team, team Brody. Team Brody. And Brody is very famous when he goes to places. It's just crazy to watch the kids and people react. And his owner does a lot of good things going to Children's Hospital awesome. as well. Awesome. But now it's time for our Friday edition of Adam Lundy with the today's sports headlines. All right. Thanks, Shannon. Well, Indianapolis Colts wide receiver Michael Pittman cleared the concussion protocol and is listed as questionable because he's still dealing with a shoulder injury. Jonathan Taylor is returning from thumb surgery and will play Sunday versus the Atlanta Falcons. The Colts are ruling out right tackle Braden Smith, linebacker Sagoon Alubi, and center Jack Anderson for Sunday. Uh, Zach Moss, who's been dealing with a forearm injury, will be questionable. A little bit more Colts news. The Colts today signed cornerback Chris Lamons to the 53-man roster from the practice squad. Lamons, 5'10", 190, has spent time on the team's active roster and practice squad this season. He's played in 44 career games in his time with the Colts, Chiefs, Dolphins, Saints, and Falcons. The NFL is fined the Atlanta Falcons, the Colts' opponent this weekend, $75,000 and coach Archer, Arthur Smith $25,000 for its handling of the team's injury report before their Week 7 game against Tampa Bay in October. The league began investigating the Falcons after Bijan Robinson was not listed on the injury report but barely played in the team's 16-13 win over the Bucks, and told reporters after the game he had been suffering from an illness and headaches. And some AFC South news, Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence was back on the practice field today, but he still also must clear the NFL's concussion protocol by an independent neurologist to play in Sunday's game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Those are your top stories today, Shannon. Well, thank you there, Mr. Lundy. Some good ones as well. Some crazy ones and some good ones. Absolutely. As, as always, my man. Well, hey, we're going to step aside here, pay some uh, bills as we get ready to bring on Sam King from the Lafayette Journal and Courier. Talk a little bit about Boiler Basketball as well as Coach Walter's uh, top signing class from yesterday. All right here on the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Welcome back to a Friday edition of the Sports Rush. Remember tonight, Parkview Sports Medicine Holiday Tourney up at Trine. We've got uh, Northrop versus Elkhart, 8 o'clock tip, and Michigan City Northside at 9.30. Dute and Mac will have all the call on that. The number one ranked Boilermakers did what, what good teams do after beating a top team like Arizona. They came right back and and gave Jacksonville absolutely no hope in their 157 win last night in Mackey. And joining us on the guest hotline from the Lafayette Journal and Courier is Boilermaker beat writer Sam King. Sam, how are you doing on this Friday afternoon? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. It's uh, a little bit of a break here, so I'm always in, in uh, the mood for that. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I know you guys got to recharge your batteries as much as anything as the players and coaches do because it's kind of when you come back after the holidays, it's kind of nonstop, baby. <laughs> yeah, uh, you get one more non-conference game, and then it's you know, the Big Ten schedule just feels like you're 
on the road as much as you're home at times. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure even more so if you're a team that has to get there a day before, get used to a gym that you're not accustomed to fighting and all of that. Well, let's talk a little bit about last night's ball game and, and against Jacksonville and, of course, the, the Bullers winning 157. Zach Eady doing what he does on the court uh, things, but uh, let's talk a little bit about Lance Jones and his performance to date because here's a kid that came in out of the transfer portal, and he's really kind of been a pleasant surprise as that sixth man off the bench. Well, yeah, and uh, actually, he's just you know he, he's a starting guard. Um, probably has been better than anybody could have anticipated uh, to date. Uh, you know, a lot of people looked at what David Jenkins brought last year as a as grad transfer and um, probably got mixed results depending on who you ask. Um, Lance Jones has been better defensively. He's been better offensively. It's been kind of the the perfect fit of a guy who was brought in here as a, a big-time scorer at Southern Illinois, but you were bringing him more for his defense than his offense. But he supplied both, uh, and last night was no exception. I think he had, what, 16 points? Uh, yes. Yeah, he did. Field, I think, had, had two dunks, which was something that, that fans haven't seen from him yet. So he shows he's got a little bit of bounce, too. So um, that's all great, but I think that the best part of it is here's a guy that's got, you know, probably going to end up scoring 2,000 career points in college, and he really checked his ego to be part of a team that wins. And uh, you don't get a lot of guys that have scored, you know, 1,500-something points at another school who's been the man for two or three years that uh, is willing to come into another place and say, hey, I'll, I'll be that third or fourth option offensively because I just want to be a part of something special. So he's fit right in, and uh, he seems like he's having more fun right now than probably anybody in college basketball. Yeah, and I misspoke there. I meant to say the top five because he has come in and, like you said, check the ego at the door, but he puts in uh, a night's work every time he hits the court, and he plays what you know you would feel like Matt Painter teams play. And he plays with a upbeat tempo a little bit, but he's a tough on the defensive end. And then, of course, putting in some scoring uh, touches there just adds to their – you know, their threat uh, on the perimeter. Now, you guys have Eastern Kentucky coming up on the 29th before, like you said, traveling to Maryland to continue the Big Ten season. You know, I always get scared no matter whoever goes into Maryland to play Maryland there. It's a tough environment to go play and win. Well, yeah, I was there last year when Maryland just absolutely beat the the brakes off of Purdue and, uh, you know, had a court-storming celebration victory um, that Maryland team was probably better than this one, but uh, you know as well as I do that it is hard to win in the Big Ten on the road, and it doesn't matter who you're playing against. We've already seen Purdue lose on the road in the Big Ten this season, so uh, that's a uh, you know that's crazy, especially the way that game panned out a year ago. It got really loud in there, and it was electric. And if you go to Maryland and let that team hang around, it's going to be tough to win there for sure. Um, but you know you do have to take care of Eastern Kentucky first. I think that last night was kind of a good sign of where this team's focus is because, like you said, you're coming off of a huge win against number one Arizona, and you know Christmas is a few days around the corner. It's easy to overlook a team like Jacksonville and go out and pretty would have won the game regardless, but uh, could have gone out there and, and done it ugly and um, not looked focused, and it was quite the opposite, minus maybe a, a stretch of five minutes there where you, you see a team that's 
really is on a mission and uh, is going to go out and, and tear, take care of business and then today can focus on now we get a few days off. Absolutely. You get a little bit of a break here. And like you said, taking on Eastern Kentucky here in a couple of days now. And you're you're correct. And that's kind of what we were talking about uh, when we first came on the air. It's uh, to me, it shows the maturity of a team uh, that can come out and not worry about who they're playing, but playing their game and the style they want to play. Uh, for the entire ball game, and that's what they did last night, and that's why they never gave Jacksonville any hope last night as that big 50, uh, 157 win against the Jacksonville Dolphins. Let's jump over into the football aspect of things because Coach Walters and his staff deserve some uh Taps on the back and uh, that of boys because they brought in, if you're into the ranking aspect of things, they brought in a top 10 class within the Big Ten, uh, signing 25 kids, including one from right up here in Fort Wayne, Jordan King, the offensive lineman from Northside High School, and then picked up seven from the transfer portal. You know, evaluating it from your perspective, Sam, what, uh, out of that transfer portal, who would you say was their biggest get? or who they needed to get to help some of the depth at positions of maybe some guys that have left? Well, I think going and, uh, I mean, the, the, we'll have to wait and see on, uh, I think his name's Joey Tenona, the Notre Dame yep. lineman who was uh, he's from Zionsville, was in a car crash before he ever played at Notre Dame. So he's been kind of, you know, retired from football, and now he's medically cleared and, and can come back and compete. He was a big-time recruit. Uh, before all that happened, and you know, I know Notre Dame had high hopes of, uh, for him just based off of reading what coaches there said about him. Uh, so if he can come back and be what he was supposed to be, that's a, a massive gain, uh, especially for a team that last season got really thin on the offensive line. It was obvious that, that Coach Walters and his staff made the offensive line depth a priority. And speaking of Jordan King, he, you don't just want to get offensive linemen; you want to get guys that you know can can do some things, and, and when he talked about Jordan King, he, he said, that's a guy that plays basketball, and uh, you know, I saw a block shot the other day that he had, and he doesn't move uh, like you would think a guy his size moves, uh, typically maybe slower and, and less athletic, and that's a dude, and, and he's right in line with some of these other big guys that are coming here. Uh, I think now, having been here for a whole year, that staff has a better idea of what it needs and what it wants, and really targeted some um, you know, they didn't get a lot of the top-end guys. They have no five stars. You're not going to get the, the best player mm-hmm. in the country to come to Purdue right now. But really targeted, you know, these are our needs and got a whole bunch of three- and four-star players that uh, can come in and help this thing uh, move forward. And coming off of a four-and-eight season, you know, I, I can tell you that's probably not as easy as you think it is to convince some kids, hey, come in here and uh, this thing's really moving forward. Um, because you look at what the team did last year and, and lost a bunch of games that, you know, a few that were probably winnable, you really have to do some sell jobs on kids. And then you throw in the whole NIL situation and all that stuff, too, and it just gets to be, uh, you know, probably more work than, than uh, it's worth. But uh, you're right. Kudos to, to Coach Walters and his staff for uh, bringing in the kids that they did. Um, the linemen from the transfer portal uh, stocked up on receivers and offensive linemen, which were really positions that uh, – Purdue needed help at. Yeah, and I believe they got the Illinois running back, Love, who's also going to be a yep. dynamic player 
Uh, he's, uh, I think he's a stud that they can uh, utilize within their running back room. And you're right about Jordan King. Having watched him here in the Fort Wayne area for two years on every Friday night, the kid moves very good laterally, and he's explosive off the ball. And he's the type of kid, if you wanted to put a blueprint of an offensive lineman, he has those qualities that, you know, Marcus was talking about, uh, about what he can do, uh, not just football-wise, but basketball. You mentioned NIL and collectives here real quick. Uh, you know, what's your thoughts on how that may or may not impacted uh, Purdue's recruiting? Um, it's so new. It's really kind of revolutionizing everything that you see now. How how did you see that impacting there uh, for the Boilermakers? Well, I think this is another situation where you have to, you know, give credit to, to Ryan Walters because he, uh, before he was even recruiting the kids that he signed this week, he had to recruit the guys on his own team because, um, you know, pretty lost some transfers, but really Deion Burks is the one that you look at and be like, man, that's the guy that was really going to help you next year. Um, the rest of them you can probably live with in this day and age with, with how that works. Um, but he really had to recruit guys that were on his own team, namely Kadron Jenkins, Nick Scorton, Gus Hartwig. Um, those are guys that probably could have gone somewhere else and, and made a lot of money. So um, he had to sell those guys on, like, listen, we can't offer you what some of these places are, but, uh, you know, we have this, this relationship here and, uh, I'm sure that they did financially gain from staying as well. Don't get me wrong, but um, after that, he had to uh, he had to go to some big time Purdue donors, and you know I don't know if he got on his hands and knees and begged or just, <laughs> just business savvy, but he uh, was able to drum up enough uh, finances that he felt comfortable. Like, okay, now we can go get the kids we want, and also offer them probably what is matching what they're going to get somewhere else if they don't come to Purdue. So um, I'm sure he put in a lot of work. Ryan Walters is a guy that lives in the gym, and you can definitely tell when he wears a, a T-shirt because his biceps barely fit through the sleeves. Um, and he said he hasn't worked out in five weeks. So he's definitely been a, a busy man, probably, first of all, recruiting the, the kids that were already at Purdue, then basically asking donors to, to pony up so that uh, he could put a good product on the field next year, and then going out and hauling in the, the high school and junior college kids that he got. Well, Sam, I appreciate it, and especially when your rival down the road makes mention of the $3 million that they have in their collective. I'm sure that gave him a little fuel for the fire when he went in to talk to those people. You can catch Sam, all his stuff on Twitter at Samuel T. King. I appreciate you joining us here today, Sam. Have a Merry Christmas. Absolutely. You too. Thanks. That was Sam King from the Lafayette Journal and Courier. The Boilermakers beat writer. We're going to be right back with some more Sports Rush right after this on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Welcome back to a Friday edition of the Sports Rush. Hope everyone is enjoying their last few days here before Christmas holiday where you're making sure all your gifts are brought, bought and wrapped, which I'm on top of, Adam. I am. I Are you? I'm on top. All right. On top of it this year. I'll buy it. Thanks to Amazon. <laughs> well, the comments last night lost in Iowa 4-2, to two, given up a late critical score in that second period that led to the loss. 
and are now tied with Iowa, I believe, for second place in a division that's really crazy because second to last in the division was separated something like by six points. But they have 27 points right now, and joining us now on the guest line is the voice of the comments, Mr. Shane Abarani. Shane, thanks for jumping on here this, this afternoon prior to this big game tonight. Hey, Coach. Thanks a lot for having me. How you been? Are you doing okay? Get to, you, you ready for this game two of, the, of this matchup? Oh, I'm always ready. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's, to be doing this for so many years, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's muscle memory, you know. So, But it, I, was, I always look forward to every game. Uh, it doesn't matter, you know, if the, if the Comets win or lose, you know, the next day you got another game and you're ready to go. So uh, let's do this. Well, it's been interesting how the ECHL has set up this kind of, you know, couple – uh, weeks prior to the Christmas break, I guess you could say, Utah came into the Coliseum for three games, which the Comets swept those three, and now they are out in Iowa for another three-game set. Lost one last night, 0 for 2 on the power play. Iowa was like 1 for 2. What were your thoughts of last night's game? Uh, you know, the, the Comets, when they when they get opportunities, they have to take advantage of them, and that, that was the big difference last night where, uh, where Iowa was opportunistic and the Comets weren't. It, it certainly wasn't for a lack of effort. And, and I got to say, and, and I can't really think of, of maybe one or two games where I thought the effort wasn't there all season long. Uh, it's just, you know, sometimes it's dumb luck. And I think the third goal that Iowa uh, got, of course, they, they got an empty netter late in the game. But the third goal they got was, was a fluke. Uh, it, was a, it was a shot that was going to go about three feet wide, uh, but uh, it hit an uh, 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 Iowa player who was, Camped out on the post, went right off his chest and into the net. Uh, you know, so the Comets just didn't get any of those breaks last night. Uh, but you mentioned the power play, and the power play has been really weird. You know, they're number one in the league at home on the power play. They're almost dead last in the league on the road. Only five power play goals on the road. So uh, that's going to have to turn around, and they're not going to get that many opportunities because Iowa is one of the least penalized teams in the league. Yeah, and for somebody like myself watching these games, I have a tendency to doze off every once in a while. Come up and they're up, to, they're up again. I'm like, how did that happen? But yeah. uh, they are, they are a very disciplined team. They play a very disciplined style of hockey. Um, they stay out of the penalty box. I think that's because they recognize what their you know strength and weaknesses are. And you have to give it to them in that regard because they've been able to play their game, and they did last night, uh, and they got a victory out of it. But I will say this. The goalies this year for the Comets, I think, have played pretty darn well. You got uh, Brochu, I believe, is 2.28 safe uh, or goals against average, 93% uh, save percentage. Parks is a little bit higher at 3.13, 91% on the safe percentage. Uh, I don't, I mean, I really think they've got, they have got production from their net minders this year. Yeah, it's been, actually the entire division has been great goaltending. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that's also a reason why, uh, you know, the Comets, you know, they run into hot goaltenders a lot. Uh, you know, I think about the games against Indy this year where, you know, I think they outplayed Indy probably most of those, the losses they've had to get them, but, but they got, but Indy got great goaltending, and, and uh, Iowa know uh, the same thing with, with Peyton and Hunter Jones. Both of them are excellent, but you talk about the Comets goaltending, yeah, it, it's been great. Uh, uh, Tyler Parks on a three-game winning streak. Uh, Brett Boshu got the loss last night, but he has been awesome. And don't forget, the Comets still have Francois Broussard, who has been, on, in, who has been, uh, who has been injured, uh, but he's been backing up over the last couple of weeks, and I, I probably expected to maybe see him tomorrow. 
uh, but maybe not. Uh, but, you know, he's a guy who's two years removed from uh, being the ECHL goaltender of the year. So goaltending is not the issue. Uh, it's just been a matter of uh, being consistent uh, scoring goals. And that's what it really comes down to. Yeah, and that's been a, a little bit of a surprise. If you look at this team, let's play general manager, so to speak. But uh, when you look up front, you got to feel pretty confident with the guys that you have up front with Dugan and Wedman and, and, and some of the young rookies that have come in and played very, very well. Um, you got to feel pretty good about their play. Uh, they're just, at times, they just seem like they're snake-bitten. Well, and that also shows the youth, too, because with, with half this team, you know, either in their first or second year pro hockey, you know, it is a learning curve. And you can tell the guys who have played, you can see the, the Matt Wedmans, the Jack Dugans, and, uh, you know, even the, uh, even the Sean Sadlowski's, obviously, you know, these guys know the league and, uh, they, they really know what they're doing and they're, <laughs> are still figuring it out because uh, game by game, it's a different situation. That's another thing that Coach Jesse Kalecki has kind of talked about. It, it's, it's, knowing where you are in the game, and that's sometimes uh, the problem uh, with, with the Comet offense. Uh, you have to know the situation, and sometimes that gets away from them. Yeah, you mentioned Hunter Jones uh, for Iowa. I still don't understand why he's down in the ECHL <laughs> because he is a phenomenal goalie that any ECHL team would probably take in a heartbeat because he makes big saves, it seems like against the Comets, I guess it would appear, uh, at the most uh, critical time in the game. Yeah, you know, Hunter, he, he made a couple big ones last night, but it was Peyton Jones who got the Comets the first two games. Uh, uh, so it doesn't matter which Jones <laughs> picked one, and they're going to have success. So, <laughs> Well, I remember Hunter, for, I guess, guess from last year, but you talk yes. about the saves yes. he made. The Kays had a flurry of shots there in the third period and when they pulled the goalie to get the extra attacker on and he stood on his head uh, on on some of those shots that uh, the Comets had and like you said sometimes it just doesn't go your way Uh, one last thing here as we talk a little bit about it from uh, the the, the makeup of the team per se if there's one thing from uh, just looking at it uh, in my opinion they're lacking something on the blue line I don't know. I, it's hard to put your finger on it. Maybe it's physicality because we don't just have some of those guys other than maybe Haas that kind of can really play the body. But it just feels like there's something missing back there. Is that fair to say? Uh, well, you know, you're missing Darian Kelp, who is on injured reserve. <laughs> and that is a big offensive part uh, of this uh, structure that the Comets have. So, again, you've, you've got some inexperience back at the blue line, but... Uh, I look at someone like Noah Gansky, who's really stepped up over the last two or three weeks. Uh, he's been playing very well. Cam Suprika is another uh, guy in his second year in the league who, who is figuring it out. But, uh, you know, you got Connor Corcoran back there. You, you've, got, you've got solid guys. Xavier Bernard also has been very solid. So, uh, no, I mean, I, I think, again, it just comes down to experience and uh, getting these guys to recognize where they are in the situation that they're in. Uh, so Darian Kell will uh, come back hopefully after the Christmas holiday, and that's going to be a huge up for them. Well, yeah, because he adds an offensive element to his game. And, of course, Connor Corcoran, you know, there for a while, you're talking about snake bid. He was hitting every post from here to the Mississippi River, Absolutely. I think. <laughs> and some of those shots have now start started to go in. And, and of course, for me, I guess I'm missing a player like Jacob Graves that, you know, he has to be a little bit of off his rocker at times, which I kind of <laughs> like out of defensemen. you got to have those guys that love to face wash a guy here and there. But... 
big two games to, coming up tonight. Big two po- uh, four points out there to be had. Something the Case could really use going into this little Christmas break. What's it going to take here, uh, Shane, the next uh, uh, two nights that the Comets place, uh, play the Heartlanders? Uh, well, you know, why they had success against Utah, they actually were out shooting their opponent. That's what they got to do tonight. They didn't do that last night. And then also, when, you, when you're cutting down the chances uh, the other team is having, that's obviously going to work into it as well. And you know what? They've just got to start burying pucks. And it's got to be from guys other than name Matt Wedman or Jack Dugan. you got to get some consistency. You know, Turlinden got off to a great start, but he's cooled off a little bit. Uh, you know, Alexi Daou has been injured. He's been coming in and out of the lineup. He's also been streaky. Uh, Xavier Cormier also had a great start, but he went down with an injury uh, about the third week of the season, and then he cooled off. So it's just consistency. they got to get some production out of that second and third line. Well, I know it's been a little bit uh, with heavy hearts here over the last uh, you know, few weeks here with uh, Michael Franke uh, passing away, and I and I'm sincere condolences to the team. Uh, you know, he's a big part of the family, and I know some of those players were you know tight with him, and I know that also can play a big part on it. So, Shane, I appreciate you coming on today. Have a great call tonight, and let's get a couple points here tonight against the Heartlanders. Yep, let's do it. Happy holidays, guys. You too, Shane. Shane Alberani. The voice of the Fort Wayne Comets on our sister station, Whoa Whoa. Yeah, we always love having Shane on, and you'll hear him down there tonight as they take on the Heartlanders. Puck drop, 735 Eastern, 635 Central. I'll say, yeah, they are an hour behind. They sure are. So it's still a little early there out in the Iowa Midwest. Well, you've done it again, Shannon. You've once again, I feel like every time you come here to do the sports rush, you bring a little bit of bad weather Is with you. Is it raining again? It's looking like it out there. It's looking great. Well, it's, it's looking not ugly. A, it's not a tornado like the one time I came in here. Sure. And the other time at this point in time, it was like a, nearly a blizzard that getting to the <laughs> studio was like skating here. Yeah. Remember? Oh, yeah. So I'm feeling confident with about 45 degree weather that we've uh, dodged the big bullet. Well, we didn't do this yesterday, and we have a couple more minutes before we get to the top of the hour. Why don't we go ahead and take a look through a couple of this weekend's NFL games and make a couple predictions. You down for that, Shannon? Okay, here we go. All right, let's do that. Let me get the music. Let's have some fun here. All right, so tomorrow we got some Saturday day I know, games it's nice to have some... Uh, bowl season and everything but uh tomorrow we've got the Bengals heading into pittsburgh to take on the steelers give me the Bengals. going with the Bengals. all right steelers right now are just reeling on what they are offensively and there's just trouble in steeler land i have to agree i'm gonna go with the Bengals as well the second game the night game tomorrow night it's the buffalo bills heading to los angeles to take on the chargers i i'm going bills in this one yeah same thing with the chargers they just fired the head man and there's a little bit of disgruntledness there within their organization and yes the bills yeah definitely uh rough rough seas for the rest of the season for the chargers yeah all right, going on to Sunday, we've got our Indianapolis Colts going down to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Who you got in that one, Shannon? And I think the Colts are two-and-a-half-point underdogs. Let so me check the line here I'm for you. I'm going to take the Colts and the points down there in the in the dome. Sorry, Jesse Bates, stay out of... <laughs> no picks. No picks on, on Sunday, my friend. Please. But uh, uh, I'm going to take the Colts in two-and-a-half. I think that 
that in itself is a good reason to pick them. I like that. All right. So the Seahawks go to Tennessee to take on the Titans in AFC South opponent. Hmm. This is a you know I'm going to go with Seattle. Okay. Um, I know that Tennessee's at the quarterback spot. They've been beat up. Mm-hmm. Um, new who's the new quarterback that took oh, over? Oh, Will Levis. Levis. I know he got banged up last game a little bit, but I'm going to take the Seahawks. Beat Carroll. All right. I'm also going to go with the Seahawks. This is a good one. Uh, Detroit heads to Minnesota to take on the Vikings, who have been struggling, but uh, they're at home. Vikings are at home against the Lions. They are. I still like the Lions. What a job that oh man staff has done there after you know even being on uh, HBO's what do they call that show on HBO? Oh, uh, uh, Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks. All Coming right. off a year on that, you really got a chance to really get to know the identity there, and I like what they've done in Detroit, and they finally got themselves a winner, I believe. So. Give me the Lions. All right, a couple. Let's go. We're going to skip ahead to some of the more marquee games. Four twenty-five on Sunday. It's the Dallas Cowboys headed to Miami to take on the Dolphins. You know, this is a big game. It is. And right now, I know that there is some upheaval in Jerry Jones's world. So, give me the Dolphins. I'll take Tua. And the only problem with the Dolphins is, is I think they're beat up on their offensive line. But I'm going to take uh, the Dolphins over the Cowboys. All right, I'm going to think I'm going to I'm going to go for the Cowboys. I'm going to think they can uh, get it done and keep rolling here. Uh, let's do uh, let's do the big one. Monday night, Christmas Day, the night game. Baltimore Ravens going to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. Wow, now that's a good one because now you've got Purdy and Lamar. Gonna- and Lamar up against each other. I just don't think the Ravens right now are, they're just not, they don't have that factor this year that they've had in the past, even Lamar. So I like Purdy in the in the Niners. They've had a great year, and I think they roll against the, the Ravens. Yeah, I think also traveling all the way across the country. Yeah, that doesn't big help. For, yeah, yeah, so I'm also going to go with the Niners there against the Ravens. Well, that's a look at some of the NFL games this weekend. Just making a couple picks before we go to break. Absolutely. But, uh, I, I like be, it. I, I thought that'd be fun for you as uh, the coach. Yeah, we'll find out how much I really know or not, right? <laughs> Test your knowledge. Well, appreciate doing that, Adam. But we're going to step aside here. We've got the first hour down. And we've got the second hour upon us. Thanks to those guests for joining us. The sit right there. The second hour is coming up right after these message messages here on 1380 The Fan 100.9 FM.